Mm -hmm. But I want to go over a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, we are going to now be sitting together. Right, starting next Wednesday, guys, we're going to start be sitting together during worship. All right, we're going to have a couple rows uh, reserved just for legacy. And something that me and Revere were kind of talking about was having y'all all sit together. Um, and that way y'all can get us community. I see some faces that aren't too happy. I see maybe one happy face, but that's okay. Because y'all are going to like it after a while. Because uh, what we uh, what we want to happen is for us to right, worship together, right? Yeah. And uh, so when we have those rows, so you'll see it next Wednesday. Um, you're going to see two rows reserved just for legacy. And uh, me and Rivera will tell y'all to sit there for you to see or not. Uh, so don't take that personally. We're going to tell you to move and sit with everybody else. Uh, but I know at first I might not like that, but after a while, they feel well. Because uh, we used to do that back in the day. And we, we liked it. Uh, because uh, we were just together. Because who knows unity is important. Unity is important. I believe that legacy is much more than just a group of people. Legacy is a family, right? Of all different ages, all different sizes, all different whatever backgrounds. Uh, but I think legacy is a family. And so the more unity, um, the better. And so we're going to start doing that next Wednesday. So y'all lucked out this Wednesday. Because we almost had it this Wednesday. But y'all lucked out. Okay? Y'all lucked out. Another thing. Uh, so... What we are starting uh, tonight, we're starting a sermon series called Streak, called Streak. Uh, um, so what this sermon series is about, who, who all knows that like um, Snapchat streaks, you know what I'm talking about? Who's ever had, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Where like you keep communication or Snapchat with a person like each day is a streak. Who's ever like Snapchat a person, not because you wanted to, but just to keep the streak alive? Never been that? I mean, I've been on Snapchat forever, but I used to do that. Like, I don't want to talk to this person. I'll say what's up. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, what well, this is, we're kind of what streaks about. It's us. How you know how Snapchat streak is consistently communicating with somebody every day. So, what we're talking about is being consistent with things with God, right? Streak, maintaining the streak. We're doing something, doing things every day. We're being consistent. We're saying, hey, you know what? We want to be consistent on things of the world, but things of God's work, right? Uh, so that's what this sermon series is going to be about. It's a two-week sermon series. Uh, I'll be in here tonight, and then next week, Caleb Rivera will be in here and close it out. Uh, so are y'all ready tonight? Are y'all ready for tonight? Yeah. Let's, let's pray in. Father, right, thank you, God, for uh, joining us together here. Uh, I thank you for legacy. I thank you for all the minds, for all, everybody who is in here tonight, that they're going to be open, that hearts are going to be open to your word, Father. Um, I thank you, Jesus, that we're not here by accident. We're not here because our parents made, made us be here. We're not here just because uh, we're forced to be here, but we are here, ordained and mandated by you, God. Because I believe that if we take a hold of what you communicate with us, that our lives can change for the better. Um, in the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. 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 So the scripture that we are going to be reading from tonight is going to be Daniel chapter 6. Uh, Verse 3 to 16. Who knows the, the story of Daniel Lionfield? Y'all know that? Who, who, who's that, like that first story y'all ever learned about in like Sunday school? Like I remember, who could, like I grew up in church for my whole life. So I feel, I don't know, I never remember when I learned about Daniel Lionfield. I feel like it's always been here. Because I, I like, I've been in church my whole life, so I've heard it. So it's a very common story, but this is what we're going to take a look at. Is Daniel and the lion's den. And, uh, but before we pick up in the scripture, I want to give a little context because I know sometimes, who knows, uh, if you don't have context, you have clarity, right? So I want to deliver some context of what happened 
beforehand in Daniel 1 through 5, leading up to the scripture. So if you don't know what happened with Daniel, is that Daniel was a Hebrew boy. He lived um, in Israel, and he was a Hebrew boy. But Babylon came, and they captured Israel. They took over, and they took different um, young people around your age who were smart, who were, you know, who were like above the rest, above average people, young people. They took them from Israel and they put them in Babylon to be the, their next leaders, their next generals, their next presidents, whatever. And so Daniel was one of those people, those young people, right? Some say he was 14 when he was first captured, some say 15, whatever. He was a teenager when he was first captured and he was brought to Babylon as a prisoner, right? And so he was brought in with a few other of his friends, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? That's with some of his friends, some of his homeboys. So he's bringing with some other Israelites into Babylon, and they, they try to put their traditions on him, they try to put their religion on him, they try to put what they think you should do on him, but Daniel stayed consistent with what he knew from being a Hebrew, from living in Israel and serving the one true God, and so he was consistent with God, they told him to do these different things, and they told him to eat these different meats, you'll read that they were telling him to do all these different things, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to stay consistent, I'm going to... I'm a, I'm a, I'm not preaching your God, I'm not praying to my God. He was telling them all these different things, and so he maintained his character even though he became a prisoner. And so um, throughout his life, he's probably about the age of like 28 right now, where you pick up in Daniel 6. And so this guy, Daniel, he has been consistent for like a decade. He's been consistent forever, praying to God, worshiping. It says in Scripture that he would pray to God three times a day, every day. He was consistent. He said he had a consistent diet. He didn't eat meat. He was a vegetarian. He had a consistent lifestyle. So when we reach this point to Daniel chapter 6, what is happening is that he has been so consistent. He has been so, uh, he has he's been having ideas that nobody else would have. That he's been standing out to the ruler, to the king of the land, to the point where the king, Nebuchadnezzar, is about to appoint Daniel um, in a high position, in a high position. And so this is where we pick up in uh, Daniel chapter uh, 6, verse 3 through 16. Does anybody have their Bibles today? Anybody? That's okay. One of these days, I'm going to have a $20 bill in my pocket when I get 40. All right? Not right now. In the future, thank you, Lord. But one of these days, I'm going to give you a $20 bill if you have your Bible with you. All right? I might not speak again soon, but who knows? All right, so this is the scripture. It says this. It says, in uh, verse 3, it says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and higher uh, officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Uh, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So these, his, his, his peers, these other people who were trying to get the same position he had, his co-workers, if you would say, saw that he was about to get a promotion and said, hey, you know what? We need to get some dirt on Daniel and tell it to the boss so he doesn't get the promotion so we will. So that's what they were thinking, but they couldn't find any dirt on Daniel because my boy was consistent. All right? So in verse 6, it says, So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Law lives in Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person
person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So the king, so King Darius signed the law. What these co-workers told the king was they, and with the mindset of, of trying to get Daniel in trouble, they told the king, said, hey, look, make a law to where if anybody prays to anybody else except for you, that they're casting a lion's den. Already knowing that Daniel prays to God every day. So they say, hey, if we make get the king make this a law, we can get Daniel in trouble. So they're trying to um, this stab Daniel in the back. Verse 10. But when I we got a few more, but bear with me, guys, it's a good story. Verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. See, Daniel, when he heard that if he was going to pray to God, he would, there would be a chance he would go into the lion's den. He didn't even question whether or not he was going to pray. Right? He had a choice to either stick to his character, right, or not. Right? But he said, you know what, I'm going to stick to my character. And he maintained to be consistent. He didn't compromise his character. Verse 11. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying, asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not, they, they told the king, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the meetings, the person that cannot be revoked. Uh, see, when, and back in that day when a king made the law, not even the king could reverse it. So when the king made a law, even if he tried to go back on it, it was, it was against the law of the land to do that. If the king would do that, he would have been thrown out of being a king. Verse 13, then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel, because again, Daniel was his boy, and he liked Daniel, he was about to give Daniel a promotion. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the man went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders to Daniel to be arrested and thrown, and thrown into the lion's den. The king said to him, May your God, who you serve, you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Turn to your neighbor and say the message, or the title for the message of tonight, Consistently Inconsistent. Consistently Inconsistent. Uh, let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you, God. Uh, let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you that you're just going to go with these words. That's uh, you're going to open minds, open hearts for tonight, that they're going to hear what I'm saying, they're going to hear what you're saying, and it's going to take place in their in their souls, God, that it's going to take a root, and it's going to be able to grow um, a foundation in their lives, Father. So thank you for tonight, God, and I thank you that I do not sweat in this jacket. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So um, when I went to, uh, if y'all didn't know, I went to uh, TBI, to Bible Institute, which Bible College, and at this Bible College, they had a ping pong table. He had two ping pong tables, and uh, I was I was never really into ping pong. Uh, like I never played it. Like I never was like good. I never tried to be good. Uh, but I had a lot of friends who were, and uh, they were, like really serious about it. Like they were really like intimidatingly good. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I got there, and at first, like I my first the thing I loved to do, I played pool. Because they also had a pool table, and like legit, me and my friends would play pool like all day when we were off, and we played like hours of pool. 
Um, and I got good at that. But then I was like, man, I want to get good at ping pong. Because um, I had a friend, his name was Joel. Um, he uh, is from Switzerland. He was really good at ping pong. He was talking mess to me that I wasn't good. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get good. So I'm playing him. And I'm, he's, he's smacking me every time. I'm like, like destroying me. Um, I don't know if y'all ever played ping pong a lot, but I was at that point where all I could do was just like return it. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't do anything fancy. Like all I could do was like, God, I'm just going to place this paddle in front of that ball and hopefully something good happens. Like I had no control and none of this. Like I was at that beginner level. And see, this guy is just abusing me. He's slamming it, you know, like I'm barely scared, scoring a point or two. Um, but if you don't know me, I'm very competitive. And um, I love to, you know, get better at things. I love to see the process of getting better at things. So I said, you know what, I'm going to practice. I'm going to get good at ping pong without this guy Joel knowing. So um, for like a couple of weeks, you know, when Joel left or wasn't in the, in the room, I was practicing ping pong against other people, getting good. And at any time he would play me, I would act like I haven't been good yet or whatever. And so I was doing this. I was playing ping pong. Like, I just got really into it. I was watching videos on YouTube, trying this, because Joel was talking this. So I wanted to prove to him. Um, so... Uh, I was consistently doing like every day I was playing ping pong. I remember one day I was playing ping pong for like three straight hours against another bro of mine. We were just playing ping pong and we were having fun and it was on our day off. And it got to the point where I was getting so consistent that I began to elevate my play where I was actually getting pretty good. But Joel had no idea. And then one day, Joel challenged me again. I said, oh man, you know you're going to beat me. He's like, he's like, yeah, but let's just play for, speak for fun, bro. But he had no idea for the past two weeks, man, I've been working. He had no idea. And so... Um, he did like this kill serve that usually I had no chance for serving. I just returned right back at him, like smacked it. He had like, it was like, wow, what? you know, he was like surprised. He's like, well, that's weird. He did it again. I like smacked back at him. So, anyways, long story short, I didn't beat him that time. Okay, I didn't win, but I scored a few more than I used. But I got to that point where I was consistently throwing at ping pong to the point where we're, we're at like the same level, and then to the point where I actually got better than him. I um. Well, when I was thinking about the story of Daniel, I was thinking about how consistent this man was, how consistent he was. And we're talking about, right, streaks, we're talking about being consistent, why it's important being consistent. Because we all know, right, that if you want to be a good student, you have to consistently study and do your homework, right? We all know that, right? We know if you want to be a good football or basketball player, you have to consistently practice. We all know that, right? We all know the importance of doing things consistently. But for some reason, we don't have that same mindset when it comes to the Word of God, right? When it comes to living a Christian lifestyle, when it comes to uh, you know, praying, when it comes to worship, we don't see it in the same view that it's something that we need to do consistently to get better at. Right? For some reason, we don't have that same view as that. But what I learned about what, what you do consistently, so what you do consistently determines your lifestyle, right? If you're uh, consistently playing video games all day, then you have a lifestyle of being a gamer, right? That's your lifestyle. Because all a lifestyle is, is a collection of habits. What your collection of habits is, is a lifestyle. And what a habit is, is what you do consistently every day. Right? That's a habit, right? So if you consistently, right, study and do homework, and you have a habit of doing homework and studying all day, you're a nerd, right? You're a great student. Okay? You're a great student. And I encourage you all to do that. Okay? You heard that from me. Um, but, right, what you do consistently determines your lifestyle, right? And so, right, if you consistently drink alcohol, right, then you're an alcoholic, right? That's your lifestyle, right? If you consistently, right, there's things that we, we know that what we do consistently determines who we are. So that's why it's so important 
um, to keep eye on what we're doing consistently. Because some of us are so consistent, but we, we don't even know it. Some of us are so consistent and dedicated to being a procrastinator, right? <laughs> like, we don't even know it, but we consistently procrastinate everything. Whoever does, whoever, like, stays up, like, until the last second to do your homework or study, and all of a sudden you fall asleep, right? Or you wait until, like, you have to do this homework, right? But you procrastinate so long, it's like, hey, it's due second period, I'll do it first period. Have you ever done that, right? You just procrastinate, but you don't even know this. That because you do that so consistently, you build that, that habit, that you have made a lifestyle being a procrastinator, right? Your lifestyle is now waiting until the last second, right? Your lifestyle is now not being prepared, right? So what we do consistently, good or bad, determines who we are, determines our lifestyle, determines our habits. So what the, the enemy knows that, what the devil would love us to do, what the enemy would love us to, to be, and how the devil would love us to behave, is for us to be consistent in all the wrong things. Right? The enemy would love that, right? Being consistent at looking at pornography every night, right? Being consistent at lying to our parents, right? Being consistent, right? I love doing our homework at, at misbehaving, right? The enemy would love us if we were consistent in that way, right? Because he knows if he can get us to be consistent in the wrong things, then he can have our lifestyle, not reflection of God, right? Not a reflection of a Christian lifestyle, a reflection of what the world is. So whatever we do consistently, right, guys? Right, determines of who we are, determines our lifestyle. So why we're talking about streets is that we want you to realize, I know you are young, right? I know we're in middle school, I know we're in high school, but what I want you to realize is that you can start being consistent today, right, this moment. Right? You don't have to wait until you're older. You don't have to wait until you're in college. You don't have to wait until you're in high school. Uh, tell me if this mindset sounds familiar, because this was my mindset in high school. My mindset was I was great, I was a church kid, right? I love Jesus, right? All these things, you know, I was Christian. But my mindset was, hey, I'm in high school right now. I'm in middle school right now. This is when I'm supposed to have fun, right? This is my glory days, what I was called, right? This is my time to have fun, not really worry about these things, right? And then, you know, after college and after I had my fun, then after I settled down, then I would be so serious about God and do a Christian lifestyle. Is, does that mindset sound similar, right? Of us thinking we have time. Right, because when you're at our age, right, because I'm, I'm 23 years old, I'm still young. When you're at our age, what do we always think, right? We still have time, right? We have time, we, we can't wait till tomorrow, right? We can wait till tomorrow, right, guys? Do y'all hear me? Right? When we're at this age, we always think we have more time. But, but something that I learned is that I had that mindset, but then I found myself in the hospital, right? I found myself, right, being near, so near to death, I found myself with my lung collapsed. Right? And I was in emergency surgery and the doctors are telling me that whether or not they weren't sure if I was going to make it out or if I was going to see another day. Right? And they told me there's a 50-50 chance, Caleb, that you're not going to survive this surgery. This happened so many times in my life and after I recovered from that, right, and after God really put his hand over me and God really spared me from things that I probably deserve, I got out of that situation. I got out of that and I realized, I said, you know what, God? And this is what God told me. He said, Caleb, you can't wait till tomorrow to live for me because you're not promised tomorrow. Amen. Right? You're not promised tomorrow. You have to start today. Yeah. Right, guys? So I know you're at the age where you think, hey, Caleb, I know you're serious about being consistent, but I can wait till tomorrow. You're right. I'm 15, I'm 16, I'm 17, I'm 13, whatever it is. I always have tomorrow, but let me tell you something, guys. None of us is promised tomorrow. It can be taken away from us like that. So we have to choose to start right now because if we don't, that's how things happen, that we become consistent in doing all the wrong things. And then that's how you see people, right? You see the horror stories of people depressed, 
sad in places they never thought they would find themselves because they didn't wait to start today, they waited till tomorrow. And that and tomorrow never came. Right? That never came. And so why that's why it's so important for us to be consistent. Y'all hear me tonight? Yeah. To me that. that was my long intro to tell you this. What what we're gonna talk about tonight is we're gonna talk about why we should be consistent. Why, why? Like, why Caleb? I heard you say, but watch out. What's the benefits of being consistent? And, um, and the reason why I like this title, because some of us, the only consistent thing we, we are doing is we're inconsistent. We're consistently inconsistent, right? Um, so, but the first point for tonight of why we should be consistent is that consistency gives you confidence. Consistency gives you confidence. See, this, this man Daniel, right, who we're talking about, it says that he had... He was faithful, right? What we just read about, right? He was trustworthy. He was consistent. He prayed to God three times every day. He was consistent, right? And because he was so consistent, that gave him a confidence in God. Why was I so consistent? Why was I so confident to play ping pong against Joel? Because I was just got done being consistently practicing, right? That gave me confidence. Who knows that if you play Fortnite every day, you're going to be confident in your Fortnite skills, right? Who knows that if you study and you're consistent with studying, you're being confident when you take that test, right? So whatever you are consistent in, that is what gives you confidence. So Daniel, right, because he was so consistent with God, that gave him the confidence that God was going to see him through, right? Because he was so consistent with God, he prayed every day. When, the, when he saw the law posted on his door saying, hey, if you pray to God today, you're going to be throwing the lines dead, he had the confidence, because he was so consistent beforehand to say, hey, you know what? I'm confident in God. I'm confident because I've been doing this for so long. I've been confident for a decade praying like this. I'm not going to stop now because I'm confident God's going to meet me where I'm at. So when you're consistent in things, that will give you confidence. That's what gives you confidence. Because Daniel was a man of devotion, right? He put his relationship with God first. He put his relationship with God number one. And because he was consistent uh, with God, he had confidence in God. Y'all get what I'm saying? Some of us are not confident in what God can do. Some of us are not confident in God's promises, not because God is not powerful, not God is not able, it's because we're not consistent. Some of us are not confident that, that our depression can go. Some of us are not confident that our that addiction can go. Some of us are not confident, right, that we can be free from things that are so heavy on our shoulders, not because that God's not able, but because we're not consistent with them. But I'm telling you guys, if you choose to be consistent, right, you will have the confidence that God's going to help you wherever you need to be helped. Right? There's some of us, right, that that depression is so heavy on us or a low self-esteem so heavy on us, but if we chose to be consistent with God, and we chose and he said, you know what, I'm just really got, I'm going to choose to read my Bible every day. Even if that's just for five minutes. Even if that's for five minutes. I'm going to pray every day. Even if that's for five minutes. And if we do that consistently, our confidence is going to build. I'm telling you, your confidence is going to build when you choose to spend time with God consistently. Your confidence is going to build. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're going to step outside. Because of your consistency with God, you're going to be confident to do the things of God. Right? Yeah. It's like when I was with ping pong, because I was so consistent, I said, you know what? I can take Joel on. I'm confident. It's not because, it's not because the only thing that changed was my consistency. So when you are consistent with God, it gives you confidence. It gives you confidence. So right, if you're consistent with God, all of a sudden, right, and you'll be amazed when you start being consistent with God, all of a sudden this peer pressure that your thought was so tough and hard, all of a sudden, like, hey, this is nothing. Like, you're confident to say no. 
you're confident to go against it. All of a sudden, this temptation that gets you every time, late at night, that, that, that you have an opportunity, right? All of a sudden, that temptation that seems so unbearable or seems so overcoming, all of a sudden, because of your consistency with God, it's easy to say no. It's easy to say, hey, no, that's not who I am. I'm telling you guys, be consistent with God because your consistency, consistency gives you confidence. Your consistency gives you confidence because that's what he gave Daniel. He was consistent with God, so he was confident in God that no matter what happened, God was going to protect him and be with him. Are y'all hearing me tonight? It's okay for some responses, guys. It's okay. I won't, I won't be mad. The second point for tonight is that consistency gives you character. Consistency gives you character. So, Daniel, right, because he was consistent with Jesus, because he was consistent with this lifestyle, because he was consistent, I want to tell you guys this, because he was consistently praying to God, his character, his lifestyle, who he saw himself as, lined up with that. Right? His consistency is consistently determined his character. So these people came at him and said, hey, Daniel, you need to stop praying to God. But what did Daniel say? Hey, that goes against my character. That goes against my character. Because who knows, let's say Daniel was first sporadic, you know, and prayed to God every once in a while, right, or, or once a month, once a week. And if somebody came up to him and said, hey, don't pray to God for the next month, he said, okay, that's fine. I don't want to get in trouble because, you know, I'm not consistent with him anyways. My character doesn't really line up with that. But because he was consistent with God, his character and his identity was, hey, I'm a worshiper. Hey, I'm a prayer warrior. Hey, you know what? I, I have a lifestyle lined up with the word. So when somebody comes against me, it's coming against my character. When somebody asks me to do something inconsistent with God, that goes against my character. And because he had that character, he was able to say no. He was able to say no. Because what you are consistent in becomes your identity, right? What you're consistent in becomes your identity. And what your identity is, is what people identity, identify you as. Right? So because we all might say we're a Christian, but if we're inconsistent, people aren't going to identify us as Christians. Right? They're going to see us as any other people. If you might say, right, that we are, we could say, hey, you know what, I am a, you know, weight with or power through convinced 300 pounds, but if we're not consistently in the gym, people aren't going to identify us as that, right? What you're consistent is determines your identity. So because Daniel was so consistent with God, he be, that became his identity. and said, hey, I'm a prayer warrior. Hey, I'm a worshiper. Hey, I have a strong devotion life. So that's my identity. And so when they came against him, he was able to say no because he says, no, my identity is to pray every day. That is my identity. See, because Daniel prayed to God consistently, which became his identity, he, he wasn't able just to stop praying. He wasn't able to. Because that's who he was. He, he was a person who prayed. So when you asked him to stop, he couldn't because that was his identity because he's done it so consistently. Who is, who's ever like, um, who knows if, I don't know, if, if you ever worked out consistently and all of a sudden, like, you feel like it's not something that you have to do, something you get to do, like you must do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you worked it, like if somebody's ever worked out or done something or read every day, whatever, done something every day, you feel like it's less of a have to or get to like I have, like I must, like it's something I must, like I gotta do this today. You know? That's how Daniel felt about prayer because he's done it so consistently that became his identity. Whoever knows those people who work out every day and do it and done it for years, like if you ask them to do something like that, that's become their identity so much that they can't miss a day in the gym. Because that's who they are. That's their identity. 
because they consistently work out, right? That's their identity. They, they train every day. Because they consistently run every day, they'll, now they become their, their identity is now I'm a runner, right? I run every day. So what your consistency is determines what your character is, determines your identity. See, why it's so important to be consistent, right? Because consistency builds momentum. Consistency builds momentum. There's some of us today who feel so powerless. We feel so powerless. We feel like the things coming against us is way powerful than we are. The things that we are dealing with is way powerful. The, the temptation, the, the peer pressure, it's all too much, right? Because who knows, nowadays, time we live in, there's so much noise. Social media, right? Instagram, Facebook, people, there's so many, there's so much noise coming against you that you can feel so powerless. But I'm telling you, if you learn to be consistent and you start to build that momentum and your identity starts to change and your lifestyle starts to change, all of a sudden that momentum turns into a movement where you're saying, you know what, I feel confident now because I've been so consistent with God that I feel powerful. Right? There's something about doing something consistently that builds momentum in your life. Because the more consistent you are, the more momentum you have. Yeah. And because you have so much momentum, right, I'm trying to get back and, and, and consistently working out. Right, because I was I was consistently working out a few months ago, um, but I had a, uh, a a hernia, and the doctor said, "Hey, you can't work out for another two weeks." I said, "Oh shoot, that two weeks turned into about two months because I was inconsistent, and because I was I, I had to be inconsistent, and I wasn't working out. It slowed my momentum. It slowed my momentum, which was it was a halt. And all of a sudden, I had the momentum. It was like, hey, I know I'm cleared." So it don't work out, but I don't really feel like it, where right? I had the momentum. But now when I'm starting to get consistent again, and I have that momentum, all of a sudden that alarm clock doesn't feel as powerful as once did. All of a sudden, that saying no to working out doesn't feel as strong as it once did. Because now that we start feeling consistency, all of a sudden we feel more powerful. We built that momentum. We have that character. That's why it's so important to be consistent, because all of a sudden that makes us persistent. When you are consistent in something, that gives you the ability to be persistent. I'm telling you, if, if you consistently start reading the Word every day, you will be, be able to build up some persistence where all of a sudden that old temptation is not going to be as strong as it used to be. All of a sudden that, that peer pressure is not going to be as strong as it used to be because you built up that momentum. Because you built up that momentum. So I'm going to close tonight with this. And, and y'all stand up with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with this scripture. Daniel chapter 6, 19, verse 23. And, and it reads this, and they should have it on the screen. It says this, and it says, following the story we just read. Following the story we just read. So, the very next morning, right after the king, he's going to look to see if Daniel survived the lion's den or not. So, verse 19 says, Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, who, whom you serve so, serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered Daniel to be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. I want to leave you all with this thought tonight. And it's this, it's, if you give God your consistency, He's going to give you His covering. If you give God your, your, your consistency, He's going to give you your covering. 
because Daniel was so consistent, right, in his prayer time, because he was so consistent with him, he realized, right, that when I'm consistent with him, God's going to give me my covering. So even if they cast me into that Daniel, uh, lion's den, right, even if they cast me into that terrible place, I know God's going to cover me, right, because I've been consistent with him. So if you're consistent with God, what it's going to give you the confidence in is that you're going to go into your schools, and you're going to go back home, and you're go into the hallways, and all of a sudden, you're going to have a covering over you that the things that the, the enemy's trying to attack you with, they tempt you with, all of a sudden, it's not going to be able to get to you Amen. because you've been consistent in your prayer. You've been consistent in your word. You've been consistent in your worship time. I'm telling you guys, if you choose to be consistent, we begin to realize that our struggles, right, aren't going to be as strong as we thought we were. We, were, we, were, we thought we were weak, where we're going to find out we are strong, right? The places that we thought was impossible, we're going to start realizing, hey, it's not that bad. Hey, this temptation isn't as strong. Hey, this peer pressure isn't as loud. Because, I'm telling you guys, if you learn to be consistent, right, and if you learn to be consistent, your character will grow. Your confidence will grow. You, can, you, begin, to, you begin to realize that God wants to spend every day with you guys, every moment with you guys. And you begin to realize that God is yearning for time with you. That God, that he, he created us, the whole reason why we were created and placed on this earth was to be in communication with people. That's the whole reason why we're here, right? This is so we can have a relationship with Him. So when we choose to be consistent in our relationship with God, I'm telling you guys, you're going to see your lives turn around. You're going, see your, you're going to see your lifestyle turn around. You're going to start seeing things just turn around like that. And I'm telling you guys, take a chance, right? What you got to lose, right? Be consistent with God. Be consistent with God. Come on. Let, let's pray out tonight. Let's pray out tonight. So wherever we head down and eyes closed, we're going to pray tonight that God's going to build our character. That God's going to build our confidence. And that we're going to choose to be consistent with Him. Um, so Luke, if you want to um, play some music in the background. Father, I thank you, God, that starting tonight, God, it doesn't matter how young we are, it doesn't matter where we are, it doesn't matter where we place, where our family is, what our background is, God, that tonight everything can change, Father. That, uh, God, you're, you're, you're a God of an instant, God. You're a God that can move in an instant, Father. So I thank you, God, that starting tonight, that we're going to be consistent with you. That starting tonight, we're going to put your ways first. That starting tonight, Father, that we're going to be consistent with you, God. We're going to be, even if it's just for five minutes, we're going to pray for you, with you every day. Even if it's for five minutes, we're going to read your word every day, Father. I thank you, God, that tonight we're going to realize that our consistency determines our confidence, determines our character. We're no longer going to let the enemy determine our consistency. We're going to determine it for ourselves and be consistent with God. So, Father, right now, we welcome in your Holy Spirit. We welcome in your presence, Father. We're going to give you a chance to move on the hearts of the people in this room that if they want it, that if they want it tonight, that if they're serious tonight, that if they really want to change tonight, that they're going to be able to because of your spirit. So, Father, we thank you for your consistency being built up in us. That we're going to be consistent with you. That we're going to be consistent in your word. We're going to be consistent in your lifestyle. That we're going to be consistent in our worship and our relationship with you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for just giving us this opportunity just to love on you, just have a relationship with you, God. We don't take it lightly, Father. So bring this night on, God. We welcome you in your faith and your spirit and the young people's hearts tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, Amen. 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 Rose again. I acknowledge that your son died for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. So I confess you, Lord, over my life. I confess you, Lord, over my lifestyle. I confess you, Lord, over everything. 
name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.